1: From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them.
0: We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time.
1: It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness.
0: Erica uses the Lion's Mane in her morning
1: superfood coffee. And even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains my mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout. And there's also a direct link in our show notes. Welcome to this episode of Courageous
0: Podcast. Welcome, you guys. <laughs> today it is just... just being silly. It's just Allie and I here today, uh, the day before Thanksgiving, which is really exciting. We're not recording the day before Thanksgiving, but this is coming out the day before Thanksgiving, which is really exciting.
1: Erica had to clarify that because I just looked... I <laughs> gave her a crazy look like it's not Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, though. Same. Yeah, I love it. I think... And we'll talk about this later in the episode, but you know, for all of the stuff that can be around food, I think it's the most joyful holiday of, you know, just thankfulness and joy and food. <laughs> yeah. The I origin, love- <laughs> I was going to say the origins of Thanksgiving aren't, but the current incarnation of Thanksgiving is. It's the only holiday, though, that my family, like, we do a big Thanksgiving and yeah. it's like everybody in the world is welcome. Like if I meet you once and you don't have a place to go for Thanksgiving, my house is open to you. It's just um, it's the best holiday my family does for sure.
1: And the cool thing is it's not a religious holiday. So like it's something especially for our international lister-
0: listeners. Um, you know, it's just sort of like it's big in the States. It's a big day. It is. It is. It is. And we're going to get into all of that. But, you know, Ali and I have had a really crazy um, couple of months and we definitely want to recap a lot of it um, on this episode. I think the first is in early October, we went back to New York. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, Ali and I, um, for the last year... yes. Um, we are about to graduate and officially become Certified Holistic Integrative Nutrition Health Coaches, but um, for the last year, we've been in the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, and in early October, they had an IIN Live, where we could go for a three-day weekend and hear basically what we've been doing in school all year, but in-person, live, connect with other students, and connect with the school and the speakers.
1: Yes, and it was an incredible weekend. Um Back it's so funny. It was like a couple blocks from where I grew up and went to high school, so it was back in my old uh, school neighborhood. And um, and it was two very full days of speakers um, and tons of just really great content. And now we're sort of gonna we're gonna reflect on it because we both took away different things um, and both sort of had highlights of the weekend. And even hope to have some of the speakers and guests, uh, that were a part of that, uh, that weekend with IAN. you'll, you'll get to hear on the podcast in, um, yeah. upcoming months.
0: Yeah. Which is so exciting. And it was just so nice. I think too, like sometimes just getting away, you know, um, it was New York in the fall and it was just really beautiful and it was just a great, I think, weekend to refresh and come back and reflect. And I think it's really stayed with me, um, this whole month, especially with what we learned, so we can just jump right into it. I think the first day um, we were super jet lagged because yeah. we we came in. Actually, it was really interesting. We arrived Thursday night around midnight, and Friday we really spent the day um, working and doing all the wellness things in the city. We ate great food. Um, we stayed with one of Ali's good friends, Nora, who you can um, hear on our podcast about grief and death if you haven't already. She it was an amazing, beautiful episode. If you haven't listened to that one already, um, so we stayed with her, but um, we were still pretty jet lagged on Saturday when the conference began. Yeah, but it was so incredible. I think it was one of it was it was one of my favorite days for sure. I mean, there were only two days, so I guess both days were favorite days. But you know, um, the keynote speaker on the morning portion of the day was uh, Dr. Andrew Weil. And he has such incredible things to share in the wellness world. And just with the power of food, I think really as a healing mechanism, yeah. which is really incredible.
1: And he's pretty well known because um, he's been, you know, a pioneer in medicine since the 60s. But to hear him speak live was was a real It was a real privilege.
0: And it's so interesting because he obviously, you know, one of the questions after his lecture that was asked is, um, Pilar who, what is her new position at IAN? She's the chief creative officer of IAN now. Yeah. She was amazing. And she did a great talk, which we can, um, jump into, but you know, she did a Q and a with, um, Dr. Weil after, and she asked him, like, do you practice what you preach? And, it was clear that he obviously does because he must be, like, in his 70s. Oh, easily. Yeah. He, right? And he had... He didn't even have notes. Like, he did a 30-plus minute yeah. lecture. Yeah, if not longer. It, it must... It maybe was longer, but he did it all from his memory. He had the stamina. He was... um you know, he just, he looked physically like so alert and awake. And he said in his answer, he's like, I wake up every day. I think he said at like four, like four thirty, five every morning. And he, um, he does movement. He meditates. He has this, um, I think it's a breathing technique, a breathing technique that has millions upon millions of views for relaxation. And, um, yeah, he really does practice what he preaches. Which Doesn't is, though, he
1: swim every day, too? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's pretty amazing. It was
0: pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But I think the bulk of what he talked about, you know, and my takeaway was really about we have all the things we need to heal ourselves. And, you know, he's a doctor, so he is very like for Western medicine, but only when it's needed. And, and that was what was interesting about his lecture is he kind of really spoke on the over prescription of things that people do not need, that people are being prescribed medications for a host of illnesses that can be healed with food, with exercise, with meditation, with taking a more holistic approach. Um, but that that's that's hard to do and doctors are just really quick to be like hey let's get you on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety or like a psychoactive drug when you don't really need it right
1: and listen there are uh, you know and he did address this there are times where people do need it and that's okay and I know it's like a fine line to walk but we live in a society this is just like really bringing to light like there is direct to consumer marketing Of drugs. Yeah. Right. Where like that's only happened in the last so many years where you can turn on your TV and everybody's like, yeah, Humera" or whatever like the drug is. Right. We all know them because because they're literally being marketed to the consumer, not even not even the medical professional.
0: Yeah. And that's what he said was so interesting is like he mentioned the amount of commercials we have for prescription drugs specifically is they're using things that were like created for really severe like um, schizophrenia or like like right. really severe ailments are then being used for like chronic illness or, you know right. things that yes it can help and if it's helping you that's great but he was just very much there are more natural ways that we can go about this that can also work without this host of side effects that then make you get on other medications right. to deal with the side effects it was a really interesting interesting talk and yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I was gonna say and and it's interesting because like Allie said like you know we talk so much on this podcast about like food is medicine and and natural remedies to heal but at the same time like just being really honest as much as I enjoyed the lecture I was personally a little triggered after Mm -hmm. the lecture ended and um that's when we had lunch so Allie and I ended up talking about this a lot at lunch but you know for everything that I personally believe and I agree with I think we have to be really careful as a society and I don't I think he did a good job but it still triggered me to the point where I was like hmm I think it's very important like Ali said that there is there are a lot of people right in the world that suffer from like really debilitating depression and if medication is helping you or, you know, your depression is so bad that the idea of going on a diet and trying, not like a diet for weight loss, but, you know, like a a food prescription that, you know, can potentially help your depression just seems like, a dar- like that doesn't even seem like a reality for you because right. getting out of bed is hard enough right. that like now you have to take all these supplements and and maybe then you're like I just need a pill that's a personal choice and I, I I've just had so many people in my life be directly affected I've lost people to suicide that have yeah. been very close to me multiple people um throughout my life. And um, I've had a lot of people in my life have, you know, severe, severe debilitating depression. And, you know, some of them have taken medication and are still on it. Some have taken it and are no longer on it. And some people have never taken it and healed. But I just think when we're having a lecture on mental health issues, it's just really important and he did this and maybe I'm just triggered, like I said, because I've just know so many people in my life who have been very affected by mental health issues. I think we have to be so careful not to push any agenda. Just be like, here are facts. Here are things that I think are working. But if you think something else will work for you, go do that. Go try that. Because I think that's why that where the trigger comes from is because I've known so many people who have needed help. Yeah and not gotten it because of the stigma attached to medication so Mm. that's what it is it's like because there's a big stigma around taking a pill um I think we have to be really careful because I as holistic and woo woo and like witchy as I am if I also am like if you think you need an antidepressant go there's no there's no shame to me there's no judgment in someone taking that
1: well I think it's two things I think you bring up some good points it's like we need to normalize the fact that that's okay and acceptable it's like no one no one passes judgment when someone takes like for whatever their chronic illness is or even like insulin for diabetes type 2 diabetes or whatever it is I think that we need to normalize the fact that like There shouldn't be a stigma around if you choose to go on some sort of medication for mental health stuff. That's not a different situation than going on for physical health. Mm -hmm. However, I think what Dr. Weil really was addressing is the fact that like, why do we have an epidemic of all of these issues, both chronic illness, like physical health and mental health issues, and the over-prescription of our society. And that doesn't mean it doesn't have a... Doesn't mean prescription doesn't have a place. Yeah. But we need to also examine... Like, two things can coexist. Right? Like... Totally. There, there's a place for medicine and that it really can help. But he also presented some statistics. Yeah. Right? And statistics are n- numbers. They're just saying, like... From a percentage standpoint, which doesn't have to do with an individual clinical case, just from like an overall percentage, which is really more of a reflection on the society, not on the individual, that like, this is what results look like from a statistic standpoint. And he was saying, he was presenting some, and I understand this is probably where some of the trigger came from, that oftentimes the placebo effect from studies that he presented had an equal results positive results as the medication so and it was specifically i think with this one was specifically talking about a certain antidepressant yeah so it wasn't like broad spectrum mental health you know exactly um so that was just really interesting and i think it's really important it's like both sides right we need to normalize the fact that like if you need to take prescription medication and it really helps you do it but we also think need to be okay with the fact that like all these other things that people sort of deem to be extreme should be the least extreme options Should be looked at as the least extreme options, putting vegetables into your diet. What, like if you've ever watched and I'm not, I'm not a vegan, but I love the documentary Forks Over Knives. It definitely changed the way I looked at food and the way I ate. And it's like, there were some, I think it's Campbell Asselstyn, if I'm saying his name correctly, he's, um, was talking about, he's a heart surgeon, he's a cardiac surgeon, and he was saying, you know, people say like, oh, eating a plant-rich or plant-based diet is extreme. He's like, to me, what's extreme is when I have to take a scalpel and open up your body and, you know, and perform a quadruple bypass. To me, like cracking your sternum open and having (laughs) two people in my family who've had quadruple bypass, three people in my family who've had quadruple bypass is like, That is one of the most extreme invasive surgeries a
0: human can have. So why do we look at like eating more vegetables as extreme? Well, yeah. And I thought what was cool is, you know, again, like Dr. Weil wasn't like pro. He wasn't, he was just presenting kind of a whole approach to different types of diseases and, and mental health. But what I thought was really interesting and what I fully agree with is he said like when he does or he has prescribed you know psychotics or antidepressants he also includes supplements to support yes. that he also includes um like lifestyle things. lifestyle like like so I was like that I fully back in and am behind because it's not like no stigma no judgment take all the pills you need to take but let's also maybe use some supplements to counteract maybe some side effects that could happen if that's op- like an option to you or at the very least let's add veggies to every meal because the benefits of those on your whole body are great. And I will say, like, I take birth control, which I know is like a very um, polarizing wellness pill itself. You know, like I I take the pill, which is a hormonal birth control. And, you know, I'm aware, like, and that's what I think is important is a lot of people take hormonal birth controls and aren't aware of what it can and is doing to your body beyond preventing pregnancy. And so But I also have talked how I see a nutritionist and, you know, she wants me to get off uh, my hormonal birth control. Um, But, you know, she understands that this is how I'm preventing pregnancy right now. This is how I'm choosing to prevent pregnancy. And um, she gives me supplements that help with the increase in estrogen and hormones. So it's if you have that option, it is something to consider if you are taking any type of medication There are ways to counteract some stuff if that's something you're concerned about. And if it's not, go take your medication and not be concerned about it. I think we just need to like rip judgment out of any sort of medication personally. And I think that's what triggered me. It wasn't what he was saying because he had absolutely no judgment. Yeah. It was just I've been around so many people again who haven't taken things they might need because of preconceived societal judgment or, you know, the wellness world can be pretty polarizing around medication in general and PS I don't want to stay on hormonal birth control especially after I had some genetic testing done but um, it's a choice I'm making right yeah, now and you know what you're making
1: listen <laughs> I'm not this is not a judgment thing this from my personal experience I'm not a fan of hormonal birth control or what it did to my body yeah that being said you're educated conscious about what you're taking and you're making an educated decision about choosing to take it. And so that's okay, you know, because it's in your hands. You're not like, you're not blindly. Th- that's the thing. It's like you're not ignoring
0: other aspects of it. Do you know what I'm saying? No, does I that, do. Does that make I sense? do. And for anybody listening, we're going to get into more, less heavy fun pre Thanksgiving topics. But I do think, you know, part of our our podcast, you know, having these courageous dialogues, I was just like laughing as I said, and I was like, I did not expect to come on today and talk, talk about, about birth control. Yeah. And, you know, um, but at the same time, I think I really do want to, like our purpose is to shake stigma in all forms right and we can have like having an opinion for yourself I just think we live in a culture where it's like cancel culture and everyone is so like my beliefs equal everybody else's beliefs and if you're against me like goodbye forever and I just think we have to like that's why our world is so angry and polarized polarized and just there's just so much stuff and I think the more we can be like hey I will never take an antidepressant I would never take hormonal birth control, but you're, you have the facts and this is what you're doing for you. And great. You know, it's like one does not cancel out the other and everybody's body is different, right? Right. Like bio-individuality. So someone could have had a horrible experience on birth control or a horrible experience on, um, an antidepressant and somebody else can have this great life-changing experience on both. So it just, um, it just really depends. And, you know, I, um, there's a food blogger. I like her name is Laura Lee. Mm -hmm. She's a Laura Lee balanced on Instagram and she has a couple of great cookbooks. And she, I think what's really cool is she's very open about, she's actually weaning off of them now, but she was on, um, antidepressants for like really debilitating anxiety. And she is, quote, healthy, very healthy. And she said the catalyst for her came when she, I guess she wrote an article for like shape or self or one of those like big magazines about tackling your anxiety holistically. And after it was printed, she was like, this is bullshit. Like I need help. Like this isn't like I'm doing all this stuff with food and I still need a little help. And she got on, um, an antidepressant for her anxiety and it worked and it helped. And Now she's weaning off of it because she's feeling so much better. So I I think it's important for people like that. And then there are some people who fully cure their, like, diseases, be it mental health, physical, whatever, through just food, exercise, and nutrition, right? So it's just not one size fits all. Well, that's actually a good segue into our second big
1: speaker of the day at IIN, Dr. Terry Walls. Oh, my gosh. So she's... (laughs) Erica kept calling her a wellness rock star. She's she hilarious. was a wellness rock star. Um, she, if anyone doesn't know who she is, Dr. Terry Walls. Um, she's based out of Iowa. And she is also a medical doctor and uh, was diagnosed herself with uh, multiple sclerosis years ago. And it got so degenerative and so bad that she was bound to a wheelchair. She also had a couple other sort of neurological things. I think there was like, I can't remember the exact name of it, but she has, um, she had like this facial pain thing where it was really debilitating. Um, So yeah, she was not walking. She was completely like, I mean, her her muscles just... She was wheelchair bound. Yeah, she was wheelchair bound. And through her own research, she was going to have to stop working. But through her own research, she was able to start experimenting with diet. And... She wound up um, doing a lot of trial and error with it, but she created something called the Walls Protocol now. And she basically reversed her symptoms. Completely. Through food. Yeah. And she was thought of such a sort of like radical nut in the medical community that she was even banned from the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation. (laughs) And it was like considered to be deemed so radical
0: and then so dangerous other
1: doctors were saying that like well she must have never had ms it like but what she did was like started a ton of clinical trials with other people with with different stages of multiple sclerosis and she presented those you know a lot of that a lot of like video and evidence from her clinical studies and she's getting more and more and more funding now for it and the results she's had has been pretty amazing and it's not Literally, it doesn't work on everybody, but she's had such vast improvements for people in their mobility, and um,
0: it it was really inspiring. I mean, she was on stage for, like, 45, like, well over 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, and she was, like, jumping around. Jumping around. I mean, she is fully, I mean, she's still, like, she did have to sit down at one point. Um, Because she said she has spinal stenosis, which is, like, a bad back situation. But you, but from being completely wheelchair bound and having like MS to the point of like basically almost being immobile to yeah. jumping around and giving a full presentation on a stage, it is pretty incredible the power of food. And and actually now um, the MS Foundation gave her a million dollar research. Wasn't it like a million dollars? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they, they
1: gave her f- funding, but they asked her. So this was the hilarious thing. They asked her to come speak because now she's so like renowned in the research and the work that she's doing. And she goes, so they asked her to come be like a keynote speaker at some event. And she's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm banned from your organization. (laughs) So she's like, get rid of the ban. And so there was something, it was sort of funny, like, you know, even the progress in the last so many years or whatever, she goes from being like a band speaker to now that they, d- they forgot that she was a band speaker of their own organization and had asked her to come speak. So, but she is receiving a lot more funding and she's getting a lot of Canadian funding. Yeah. Which Go is Canada.
0: Not surprising. Um, <laughs> no, it was really, it was really interesting. And again, I think the, the overall theme that I got from pretty much all the speakers, you know, obviously we're highlighting some of the the bigger names who, who gave more keynote lectures, but you know, the overall theme from everybody I think is there should just be the option or the conversation around an alternative choice or an additional, like adding something to the, the unfortunately now conventional choice, because like even you know pilar was talking about like every 20 minutes we should be like going outside getting sunshine like recalibrating for like our mental health but how many of us are just sitting in on desks all day and like never moving right so it's about just changing the culture where if you do go to a doctor's office they're like hey um we have a pill that can treat this but and and go grab it that's great but if you want this is also some scientific studies about how food can also treat the same thing.
1: Right, And, and like, why isn't that, this is what makes me infuriated. Why isn't that the first conversation? Yeah. Because it doesn't make us money. And like, that's what we need exactly. to look at as exactly. a society. We continue to get sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. Right? We do. Statistically, yeah. chronic illness is higher than ever, you know? And it's like, so yes, there is absolutely a fundamental place for incredible things that Western medicine can do, it saves lives in multiple capacities, but we on the whole are getting sicker as a society. So why isn't food movement free, basic things? Well, food's not free and there's issues with that, but like, do you know what I mean? Like basic things that come from the earth that are accessible to us. Why isn't that the first conversation then? Oh, let's medicate, you know, something that's maybe even part of the normal human condition and that is a part of what's happening
0: well I think you know I've been having a lot of conversations about this this month and and I think it is relevant too as we enter the holiday season where like anxiety seasonal depression just depression in general right can come up even more it's just interesting because it's like we've forgotten (laughs) that sadness is a normal emotion. Yes. Like, um, I don't know. I hope everybody listening has watched Inside Out. It was actually referenced during our IAN conference, but um, I had a really bad uh, cold um, when we, I think right before we left for New York. And I had a lot of time to watch movies. (laughs) I watched Inside Out because I'm a child at heart. And it's so interesting because if you haven't seen that movie, it's all about like like, I think the four main emotions inside of us, which is joy, anger, disgust, and sadness. And in the movie, Joy is really trying to um, suppress sadness, because she doesn't want their their human, you know, who they love, to feel that emotion. Um, But actually, sorry, I'm going to spoil the movie. Please, please watch it or skip ahead 30 seconds, um, because there's a lot of nuance to this. But what we learn in the movie, which is life, is that you need sadness to feel ultimate and true joy and it's just i think a lot of times and and dr wild did talk about that is we are prescribing pills for normal emotions sadness. when someone passes away you're supposed to feel sad when you go through big difficult transitions in your life you're supposed to feel sad and yes only you know the difference between, okay, I've been sad now for like three years or, right. or I can't get out of bed in the morning. And actually, speaking of modern health, if anyone has Thanksgiving break right now, the Modern Love series on Amazon is it's incredible. Beautiful. And please watch it chronologically. Um, I can't tell you why, but just watch it chronologically. Um, but Anne Hathaway's episode yes. deals with so beautifully with bipolar disorder disorder. and mental health issues and so it's like you know if you need help but we also as a culture just don't want to feel sadness anymore and it's like it's okay if you're gonna be alone tomorrow on Thanksgiving and that's making you sad feel that sadness because you shouldn't be like well I'm gonna suppress this because I don't want to feel right like that is what contributes I think to like Even worse, long term sadness.
1: We want to take a quick moment away from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Beekeepers Naturals. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Erica and I love these products and have been using them since December when CEO and founder Carly Stein was featured on the podcast.
0: I use their bee pollen in my smoothies and love the superfood cacao honey, but my favorite is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. It delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so you can find your bliss made with usa grown hemp it is non-psychoactive and contains zero percent thc i take it most evenings before bed or after a long day at work to completely relax and sleep through the night it also curbs my sweet tooth since it is so delicious what about you well, you know
1: I love the Propolis Spray more than anything, but I also love the Beelixir Brain Fuel. It's a caffeine-free liquid vial with ingredients like inco-biloba and royal jelly that is really great for fighting brain fog and enhancing focus and concentration without any jitters.
0: If you want to try Beekeepers Naturals, you can receive 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code Wellness all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash Courageous Wellness, and you can also find that direct link in our show notes. Now, back to the episode.
1: So, there was so much in this conference. Um, I was really moved by the talk Larissa... My gosh, what's her last name? I'm going to try to look it up while we're talking. Um, She's a doctor, a medical doctor, and she... Larissa Rankin?
0: I think it's Larissa Rankin.
1: Larissa Rankin. And she does a lot of work now with IFS, which is a form of therapy. It's called... It stands for Internal Family Systems, which doesn't have... It's not family therapy. It has to do with all the parts of ourself. We also reference it a little bit on um, the episode with... uh, the astrology episode we did with Nadine Nadine. and Nadine uses this sort of in conjunction with astrology, which is it's sort of based on parts, parts of oneself and that we have multiple parts of ourselves and, and they can feel conflicting things. And anyway, Larissa Rankin, she gave a really beautiful breakdown of this. And Alyssa Rankin. Lisa. Listen, Alyssa Rankin. Oh. I should know that because my name's Alyssa. Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa. Yeah. Sorry. Not Larissa. Alyssa Rankin. MD. Look her up. Um, and the work she's done. Really, really. I was like moved by her speech. She She's who referenced Inside
0: Out actually in oh, her that's conversation. How I, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so Erica, who else did you love hearing? Well, I loved Robin Euclid. We got to see her Robin. do a great, she did like, she came out to her like, uh, Oh my God, what's that brand? Like the techno, like party Coachella music. Like she's <laughs> such a cool, like another wellness rock star. I love her. Um, but she came out to this like great music and she gave this incredible speech about how, you know, she's used mindfulness and and her basically her expertise to turn her practice into a multiple six-figure coaching business. And what was so interesting about that is I feel like And I think this is also changing, but it was really empowering to hear this woman talk about how she was able to like move through her own barriers to create this incredible business. And yes, she's helping so many people and it feeds her soul, but she's also making money. And I thought that was like, we should all like, that's great. I think it's interesting too, like not to go down a different road, but like men can talk about like money and like making money. But for women, we don't really talk about that. And so I thought that was a pretty empowering Um, part of it too it was different too because usually she's so like informative about like gut health and your gut microbiome and just you know holistic wellness but this I think was really just a different different conversation too that really really inspired us it was bringing like it was
1: tapping into what you have inside you to create sort of your best business yeah and that was really cool it was like incorporating those two things
0: into one yeah um who else? Oh, and then we had a surprise guest. Oh, yeah. Our (laughs) second day, we had a surprise guest, which was Dr. Mark Hyman. And he was so great. He came out with Dr. Ludwig, who was also, oh, my God, that was his lecture. Dr. Ludwig's lecture was, you know, so informative. If you're interested in learning about any of these doctors specifically, you know, Dr. Ludwig talks a lot about um, what I guess like colloquial is like keto, you know, but um, really just that we don't need as many carbs as we are consuming as a society and we should really, for longevity, for health, for, um, we should be eating way more fats than we are eating Yeah, and he goes into,
1: you know, the obesity epidemic and insulin resistance and it, it got a little bit um, into, I won't go, like, we won't go into the science of it all, but um, he's been experimenting with ketones, right? And, like, ketogenic, uh, th- the positive kind of, health benefits of, of being metabolically flexible. So it was really, it was really also a talk about metabolism, insulin resistance, our, our hormones.
0: But you know what I thought was really interesting because he talked to about, um, 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 like the keto flu, right. Mm. Or like when people reduce their carbohydrates, they don't feel great. Great. They, some people feel really sick. Some people, um, just feel low energy whatever it may be. And, you know, usually when you do programs like whole 30, um, even though whole 30, you can have like a lot lot of vegetable carbs. carbs. Um, you know, when you do any sort of ketogenic diet, they're like, well, the keto flu lasts a week. And what was interesting is he was like, that's not necessarily being proven true right now. It can actually add last three weeks. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because it just made me, you know, I think gearing up towards January, Allie and I, are going to do another whole 30, but I've heard that like the true test of whole 30 is actually like a whole 45 because the 30 days you're now just over that hump. And then you start introducing foods and my energy started getting better towards the end. And then, right. I like went way off and this is a tangent, but last time I, I definitely did not like the way I reintroduced food. And I definitely Mm. plan to do that differently, um, in February. But, um, it was interesting because it made me much more interested in a whole 45 because I'd like to continue to feel what that like, okay, now I'm starting to get my energy back. How do I feel off of all of these allergen foods? Right. right? And, and just, you know, for anyone listening, who's not,
1: I mean, we talk about it a lot, but if you're just listening to this episode, um, you know, we, we have two types of fuel that we basically burn. It's glucose, which is sugar for energy or fat energy. That's, that's what our body has as far as its ability to create energy. And typically the, the f- glucose that, that sugar fuel is fast, easily accessible, right? It's like why we carb load before like big swim meets and things like that. I don't know if you ever were on a swim team when I was a kid, but, um, and it, because it, it's easily, we can easily pull it. And as, as long as that's available to us, we're not pulling it from fat cells. Right? Because mm-hmm. that's like the first energy we pull. When you remove a lot of carbohydrates from your diet, when you add higher fats, and when you go into the sort of more of a ketogenic eating way, um, you create ketones in your blood. And basically, what starts to happen is that ultimately your body doesn't have as much sugar to pull energy from. So it's going to then go to its fat storage to pull energy from. And that's when that keto flu, those feelings can kind of sneak up on you. Um, but once you sort of get past that, and I've actually never done it. I mean, even Whole30 is probably the closest. You remove all refined sugar. You remove a lot of carbon all grains. So you're moving, removing a lot of carbohydrates, but I still ate a lot of sweet potato and a lot of, um, like starchy veggie carbs. So I've never fully like tested this for myself or what it would feel like. But you basically can then go and and actually listen to Dr. Will Cole's episode about this because he really breaks it down in a better way. Um, But then you can start using fat for fuel and as your primary source of fuel. And once you sort of get over that hump because you have ketones through your blood, you can... You can pull energy from from that,
0: if that makes sense. That's sort of like a layman's. And what I thought, too, is interesting, and this came up a lot, is, like, we've evolved so quickly as humans. Yeah. But our biology just can't evolve as quickly as we have. And so, actually, like in our lifetimes, there were supposed to be, you know, of course, like periods of fast because we just didn't have access to as much food. Food. And so our bodies are actually programmed to use fat for fuel. So we're not like tricking it or like biohacking. It's just literally like, I mean, I guess that's biohacking, but what we're actually doing is living the way we're supposed to live half of the year, pretty much. So, and think about this, like babies.
1: ketogenic you know breast milk is mostly fat that's what they live on for a long time and this is when like you're growing your brain and you're growing your body and it's like it's such incredible energy source right so I think that's why people get if they do sort of this like ketogenic eating like way of eating they get really lean and then they get their high brain. energy and they get like brain fog goes away, but there's a period of transition
0: and that's when like this quote unquote keto flu happens. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was really interesting. It was a great weekend. We're so excited in the new year. We're going to um, start releasing episodes with um, some guests yes. and some people from uh, the IIN uh, speaker community. It was a, uh, It was really great. It was a lot of fun. It was a great weekend, and it was really refreshing. And, you know, I came back feeling really, really (laughs) refreshed, and I can get into that in a second, but Allie actually left right after the trip for France. Yes. (laughs) So. And and I have some questions, actually. So I'm oh, going like, to put on my interview hat because, you know, we were texting a little bit, of course, because Courageous Wellness doesn't stop. Courageous Wellness never sleeps. You're in France. Um, but you mentioned you went on a food tour and you were really interested uh, or you learned really interesting things about, you know, maybe the difference between our food systems. Yes. And so I just wanted to ask you, you know, as you traveled for the, you know, a couple weeks, like what were some of your takeaways? So... First of all,
1: I ate, I was able to eat differently there. Um, Which everyone says. Yeah. I ate way more bread than I typically do. I mean, you know, you're in Europe. you got (laughs) to indulge. Um, Bread, three things that, like, I find affect me in the United States. Bread, which I still love, but I don't feel great when I eat it. Wine which I enjoy, but like here honestly, I haven't been drinking that much of it because after like one to t- two glasses, say, I'll feel gross the next morning. It's not like you I don't get drunk off of two glasses and I'm not like hungover, but I feel kind of hungover. And um and dairy, I've been dairy-free for 10 years. And In my time in France, I was able to eat sheep's and goat's cheese. I felt fine. Literally no digestive issues um, or skin issues. I drank way more wine than I typically do. Didn't wake up one morning with even an iota of a hangover. And I probably drank a lot less water than I typically do. And I had baguette every day. I mean, these people walk down the street with baguette in their arms, smelling the baguette like they won't eat it after it's three hours old and they sell out. There's no waste because they actually just love their baguette. But it was interesting because I went on a food tour and I learned a lot about terroir, which is a concept in Europe where the food that is created from one area is only able to be created from one area with one type of animal or whatever it may be. So this applies to wine. So if anybody knows a little bit about wine, right, you know that real champagne can only be from champagne, right? Like you can't get actual champagne from California. You can get a sparkling wine, but it's not champagne because it's not from champagne in France. And so that's sort of a good way to sort of wrap your head around the concept. Like Roquefort cheese can only be from a certain kind of I don't know if it's actually sheep's milk or cow's milk. No, it's cows. And it can be only from like a specific type of cow in Rockford to be considered so Rockford. interesting. Right? And I went to this butcher and I look on the front door and there's something called a cow passport. And it was a picture of the cow that had been delivered that week. So yeah. you literally as a consumer go in knowing what the cow looks like what farm he or she (laughs) is from um like all the basically all the details about the specific animal the way it was raised how yeah how far it was from the butcher shop so like fascinating everything and originally i think it had started in europe because of mad cow disease um you know years ago especially in britain but it's basically created A real responsibility and awareness Mm -hmm. of sourcing, especially of meat, Mm -hmm. right? Which like here, I'm sorry. If we had in the grocery store, what or where our meat came from or what, no one would eat anything. What the cow looked like. What the cow (laughs) looks like. What the, even if we did it for vegetables. Well, that's
0: why I know so many people who are um, vegetarians or vegans, but they will eat meat abroad because it's for, it's, it's just. It's a different practice. Right. It's, it's more humane. It's more transparent. And what you're consuming that the animal consumed is also often much better. Yes,
1: exactly. So yeah, the, and the feed is something that's really important too. So I, it was just really fascinating. It was a nice reminder. Like I've traveled quite a bit. I've eaten all over the world. I've been to Europe many times, lived in Asia. and But when I leave the States, it's just such a fascinating reminder that like our food system is pretty broken. Yeah. And, um, I have to eat very differently, even in California, which to be honest, like we're the luckiest people in the United States, I think from uh, as far as like access to produce and, and sort of health minded sort of living. But I have to eat to feel like to optimally feel my best. I have to eat very different here. Yeah. And I have to think about it way more. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my takeaway from that.
0: I think that's so interesting. And I think, you know, we're heading into like a very busy travel season where lots of people are traveling and going away. And I think just like you said, like you came back, even though you've had it before with like just a deeper awareness and a deeper kind of understanding about like just life you know and your choices and I think that's really important like even like I said like after we came back from New York you know when we went in August it was such an incredible trip and it was you know every day was for the podcast and it was amazing but I when I came back I came kind of like off of a high and then I had to kind of like figure out like oh now I'm back to like normal you know and that was um, actually like a harder transition in August so I really went into like and I think like putting intention behind a trip, you know, like even you are like, I'm going to enjoy this trip. I'm going to relax on this trip because um, Ali is so busy all the time. You know, my intention for her was like, you're going to relax. I basically slept most of the time. Let's be <laughs> um, real. But, you know, going to New York for school, um, I really had like deep intention that I was going to like feel refreshed and rejuvenated. And and I did. And like coming back from that trip, I just felt so excited about um, just school and coaching and, 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 you know, just wellness in general. Like I just felt so invigorated and it actually, you know, helped me implement practices that have been really crucial in the last month that have like kept me afloat. Like even being really tired in the morning, like even this morning, for instance, I was so tired, but since I've come home, I've realized like, wow, morning and evening routines are so important for me to like live my best life. And so that is the impetus to jump out of bed in the morning. Like I have been drinking more coffee, but like make coffee or have some iced coffee and then just go through my routine of like washing my face, taking care of myself, prioritizing spiritual wellness, like quality spiritual wellness. And, and, and same in the evening I've been like reading more before bed and, and also really prioritizing my spiritual wellness. And it hasn't been an easy month. There've been like a lot of like trials and tribulations, but I've, feel better than I felt like when I've gone through like easy times I've been you know it's just it's just been interesting since we came back from New York it really just feeling so refreshed and then implementing that like I think that was the difference right of in August I felt so great and then I came back and I was like jet lagged and like that you know but I think when you do travel, it's so important to like bring something back with you that you can like implement. So it's not like my travel life is great. Like living for vacation and then your day to day can feel just so mundane or routine. Right.
1: Well, living for vacation is the same concept as like living for the weekend, just on a bigger scale.
0: Totally. Totally. So that's been really nice. And, and I, I, it's been a really, really, really great, um, thing that I definitely want to continue especially as the holidays get busier just to continue to really prioritize that time for myself in the morning and the evening
1: as we move into the holidays so um I thought it would be fun to share a couple things yes about Thanksgiving we started off with that a little bit but we're gonna and then bring, bring it back around. real
0: like we do at crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then
1: we're gonna bring it back around so what is one thing you're grateful for this
0: Thanksgiving What am I thankful for? I am thankful for my health. I know that's a little cliche, but especially with everything we do with courageous wellness and everything we learn and all the people we interview, I'm constantly reminded that your health is literally the most important thing that you have. So I am very thankful for my health. I am thankful for you, Allie Hello. for our little partnership um, for this courageous wellness community. And, you know, I'm really thankful for myself <laughs> as it's funny. It's been, it's been such a crazy couple of months and I'm just so proud of myself for like constantly like just never giving up and, yeah. and like, like just taking care of myself. And I just, I constantly realize like I'm so strong, but again, like I'm only strong because of the community I surround myself with. So it's a long winded way of saying I'm thankful for my community yeah. as well. So oh, I like it. what are you thankful for?
1: Many things. I'm thankful for having work in my life that I like, I get to do every day. Um, not that I have to do that. I like I'm lucky enough to be able to do and I'm working on trying to remind myself of that um, because it is a privilege and I really, I, I do feel really grateful for that. Um I'm grateful for you and Courageous Wellness because you're a huge part. Of, like, that's that's the part of the work that I, you know, that I love, um, and that extends to our community absolutely. And I'm grateful for the point where I am right now in my life because I'm learning to take care of myself better, and that hasn't always been through easy lessons. Like sometimes I take the hard route to learn that, but I can feel a shift happening with what kind of life I want to create for myself. And I'm grateful to sort of start having that insight at this point in my life. Um, so I don't know what that exactly is going to look like, but I can feel it happening. And I know that with like some shifts and some changes, that I'm going to have to make ultimately it's going to lead to my even greater wellness yeah. and I'm excited about that. That's so exciting.
0: Um for a fun question as we wrap up, what is your favorite what is your favorite Thanksgiving food and how do you feel? I'm going to make it a two parter. How do you feel about food during the holidays? Okay. Like how what is your favorite food and how do you manage, right? Food all the food yeah. in the this um, time of year. Okay. So who, my favorite food,
1: I don't know. I'm such a savory person, but Thanksgiving is like the one time I really, I, like I love pie more than anything. I hate cake and I love pie. That's like just something to know about me. And I get to eat pie. I get to bake pie. It's the only time of year I really bake. Um, and it's usually pie is like the only thing I bake. <laughs> so I love that. I love like taking the fresh ingredients and making a really nice like apple cherry pie or I love a good pumpkin pie. Um, so that's probably my favorite holiday food. And how do I feel slash I feel about slash manage food during the holidays.
0: Um, I, you have a good relationship with food for the most part i feel like <laughs> thanks it's something Sometimes i really admire <laughs> yeah thanks. no but Sometimes i fight. i do really admire this about you um
1: i am no longer at the point in my life where i feel i get excited about meals cuz i lo- like i love food and i love cooking but i don't look at i'm just as aware of how i feel after i eat from when I, how i feel when i do eat so you know, like, a big Thanksgiving meal, something like that. I totally look forward to it. Um, But not enough anymore. And this has been the past few years for me to feel like, okay, this is my moment to indulge. Like, I don't... I think that's what's interesting. And I used to feel that way because it's just, like, super cultural. Like, oh, this big indulgence. Like, I need my maternity pants, like my Joey yeah, maternity. And everybody pans.
0: posts like who has the, like, I feel like on Instagram, my feed is just like people's giant plates.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I eat a giant plate, but I don't eat two giant plates. Like, that's the thing. It's not like an, it's not an occasion because I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel like shit. I mean, that's, that's like my, I think because that's I've had health guide. issues, I think that's the thing. Because I've had health sh- issues in my life, and I continue to sometimes, um, I don't want to feel like shit. So I know enough how to feel great from the food I'm eating, the great from the pie on Thanksgiving without feeling like I want to die after. Do you make like a
0: healthier pie?
1: I add less sugar. Yeah, for sure. Cause you get all the fruit sugar and you need a little bit to like, I use real stuff. Like I don't I don't put, like, stevia in my pie. <laughs> not that stevia's not real. You know, it's plant-based. But it's, like, I use sugar, but I um, cut I cut a ton of, like, recipes. I really, really sort of watch because things don't need to be that sweet when you have, like, fruit. Fruit is sweet, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I'm conscious of it. But sometimes I'll make, a, um, like, a gluten-free crust, but sometimes I just use the real stuff, too. It's, you know, and I just try to buy quality ingredients when I do get like, quote unquote, real stuff, the real sugar, the real wheat flour, that kind of stuff. I just like I'll I'll spend a little bit more money Mm. on getting ingredients that I sort of trust and
0: and prefer. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. I think for me, okay, my two favorite, I have two favorite foods I can't choose. It's definitely pumpkin pie. Oh, my God. I love pumpkin pie. <laughs> and um, stuffing. <laughs> oh, stuffing is so good. Stuffing <gasps> is
1: so good. My mom always made an apple leek stuffing, which was like delicious.
0: I love stuffing. I love bread. I once saw a picture at an Italian restaurant where this kid, you know, like they have kids' pictures. And it was just, I am bread. <laughs> Dash bread. Eli and I like remember the kid's name because I was like Eli. I am bread too. <laughs> um, yes, I love stuffing. You know, I think the food question is definitely more complicated for me, and I, I think I am closest to the best place I've ever been around it. But you know, like I think having a weight loss journey beyond having a weight loss journey, food has always been so emotional for me. You know, that's why I, I admire so much, like. The way Ali eats, how she eats, like it is like just I feel like I've grown so much being around you because like you'll have like a burrito. <laughs> not like oh, a but, totally. like, you know, but or you'll have a sandwich or something. Yeah. And it's not like I love a good sandwich. Oh, I like because for me, there are still times when I do that and then I'm like, oh, but I have to have a salad for dinner. Like, you know, like I'm already thinking of how I'm gonna like and interact. And that fundamentally takes away from the joy yeah. of the moment and enjoying the burrito or the um, the sandwich or whatever it may be, but I'm closest to not feeling. And of course, I think this is probably something I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life and different iterations. But I I will say I think again like my morning when I'm taking care of myself in the morning and in the evening, I'm less attached to my food during the day mm-hmm. and I'm less attached to like. You know, cause I do, I do eat pretty well most of the time yeah. and when I'm taking care of myself, I'm not as hard on myself on those other times and um, but I have, you know, I've done things in the past where like Soul Cycle has like a 90 minute turkey burn and I've done that in the morning to like, but for the wrong reasons, right? Like so, cause I'm eating the big meal instead of as a celebration or being thankful for my body that it can move for 90 minutes and right. then like go enjoy. So for me, it's definitely an evolution, but I am closest to finding just like happiness in my food choices and just trusting myself I think a book I really want to read since we always end with a book anyway is woman women food and God by yeah, Janine, by Janine Roth. Roth and Danica Breisha talks about her a lot but um it talks about women and their relationship with food and I think it's something I want to read to go deeper but yeah I am happy to say that I do have the um the best relationship with food that I've I've probably ever had and and I do trust myself and I think that's the greatest gift is my six-year journey with food has led me to a place where I know even if I have like two big plates of food this isn't how I eat most of the time and it allows me to fully enjoy it and um and fully just trust myself that I, I can trust my. I think yeah. that's fundamentally what it is, is I trust myself around food yeah. and I don't think I used to before. So, yeah. so
1: it's funny that you brought up Janine Roth. I read this quote. I think Danica Brescia posted it the other day and it's maybe a good thing to end on, uh, pre Thanksgiving. So, um, this is it. For some reason we are truly convinced that if we criticize ourselves, the criticism will lead to change. If we are harsh, we believe we will end up being kind. If we shame ourselves, we believe we end up loving ourselves. It has never been true, not for a moment, that shame
0: leads to love. Only love leads to love. Love leads to love. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. We hope you have an amazing holiday. Um, comment, DM us, um, tell us what you thought of this episode and yeah, tell us what how you're feeling about food during the holidays or what your favorite Thanksgiving, uh, dessert is. We love to hear from you guys. It, it seriously makes our day. So,
1: and keep an eye out for in 2020
0: courageous wellness coaching, courageous wellness coaching. And we have so many good episodes coming your way in December. Um, it's going to be a great, a great lineup. And yeah. So if you haven't already, uh, subscribe, we release a new episode each wellness Wednesday. Uh, please write, uh, a nice review and leave us a little rating that helps us so much. And you can follow us at courageous wellness on Instagram and get in touch at courageous wellness podcast.com. Thanks
1: for tuning in to another episode of courageous wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new
0: episode featuring a
1: different guest each week
0: subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica. And we're Courageous Wellness.